This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. Big hammer, use the big hammer on the situation. And the big hammer has reference to the word of God, the things of God, the lessons that we've learned, the Holy Spirit, everything that we know. That's the big hammer to shatter patterns. We're still talking about shattering patterns. Today, I want to talk about uh, the promise is bigger than my problem. The promise is bigger than my problem. I'm all over the place today because I'm so full of the word of God. So let's just go for a ride together. Uh, according to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, in the NIV New International Version, it says, Be alert and be sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone or looking for someone to devour. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Why does he have to look for someone? Because he can't devour everyone. The word says that he is like a lion. He's perpetrating, he's acting like it, but he's not a lion. And the only way that he can devour you is if you let him gum you to death. Don't let him gum you to death. He's looking to see who. When he's looking, he's looking down the generations to see in which one in the generation can I gum to death. Which one is going to lay there and play dead and just let me gum them to death, then that's the one that I'm going to try to destroy. I need you to get a revelation that all of us have a problem. All of us have patterns that need to be shattered. But even though we got patterns, we got a promise that's bigger than the patterns, a promise that is bigger than the problems that we have. When it, the word of God talks about the enemy being like a, a warring lion, it means he's a predator. His job is to look for, to, to pillage and to prey upon and to plunder. His, his job description is to exploit, to victimize, to ravish, and to kill. Then after that, they go after any and everything that you ever loved before. That's what a predator does. He's a stalker. A stalker hunts. He's, he's a trapper and he's a chaser. I saw that the acronym for a stalker is a scavenger, a trespasser, an adventurer, a loner, a killer, explorer, and robber. All those things equal a stalker. So the enemy is stalking the generations to see which person is vulnerable so that he can destroy you. Am I making faith to anybody? First Peter 5 and 8 says, be alert, pay attention, wake up, be sober-minded. Listen, when you have a stalker that is after you, you have a chaser, you have a predator that is after you, do you have time to be on holiday? Do you have time to be on leisure? Do you have time to be on vacation? Do you have time not to be paying attention? And it's a real predator and a real stalker out there. And you're lollygagging around as if he's not stalking you down through the generations. Be sober. Be alert that you got a real enemy that is out there. 
and his job description is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Let's look at the Passion Translation in, ooh. Oh, don't have the Bible verse, but I'm reading it anyway. It says, don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. For that is the essence of self-deception. When you just listen to the word of truth and you don't respond to it, that is the essence of self-deception. So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. If you listen to the word and you don't live it out, <clears throat> don't live out the message you hear, you become like a person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, then you go out and you forget the divine origin. James 1, 22 and 23 in the Passion Translation. Don't just listen to the word of truth. You've got to do something with it. You've got to respond to it. For if you don't, that's the essence. That's the epitome of self-deception. You can't just be a hearer of the word and not a doer. Then you're deceiving yourself. Come on, we got to be alert according to John chapter 10 and verse 10. The thief, I'm going to read it from the Renner International Version. Really great translation. We can re recite it just from memory, John 10 and 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and they may have a what? more abundantly. In the Renner International Version, it reads this way. Man, this is going to be so good. It says, the thief wants to get his hands into every good thing in your life. Doesn't that sound like him? He wants to put his grubby hands into every good thing in your life. In fact, this pickpocket is looking for any opportunity to wiggle his way so deeply into your personal affairs that he can walk off with everything you hold precious and dear. And that's not all. When he's finished stealing all your goods and possessions, he'll take his plan to rob you blind to the next level by creating conditions and situations so horrible that you'll see no way to solve the problems except to sacrifice everything that remains from his precious previous attack. The goal of this thief is to totally lay waste and devastate your life. If nothing stops him, I'll say it again. If nothing stops him, I'll say it one more time. If nothing stops him, he'll leave you insolvent, flat, broke, and cleaned out in every area of your life. You'll end up feeling as if you are finished and out of business. Make no mistake, the enemy's ultimate aim is to obliterate you. I'm trying to announce to you, we got a real stalker that is out here, and his ultimate goal is to obliter obliterate you, to destroy and lay to ruin everything that you hold near and dear to your life. We read in the scripture in Matthew how when the enemy is cast out, he goes to dry places. When he doesn't find rest, he returns back to the house or the same household that he came from. He may have gotten cast out in your granddaddy's generation. He may not have been able to come in your mama's generation, but he's still stalking to see who he can destroy. 
because he cannot destroy everybody. So this is the deal. We got to make sure that he can't destroy us. Am I making faith to anybody? There's a saying that you hear people say, oh, it runs in the family. All oh, the good looks runs in the family, and this runs in the family. We always say things like something runs in the family. When these are generational patterns or generational curses that are running on our family, then we got to stop it at this generation, and we got to run it off. If it's been running in our family, we got to run it off. It stops with this generation. At somebody at some point in time has to make up in their mind, it, this stops with me. Everybody in your, your great-granddad, everybody been on an insulin needle for every generation? It has to stop with you. So you have to get the information from the Word of God, discover from the Word of God, what do I need to do? Ask God, do I need to change my diet? Do I need to lose weight? Do I need to hire a personal trainer? Do I need a dietitian? This curse must stop here. Come on. Sunday I showed you my beautiful cup, and I'm going to be honest with you. I, when I got that cup, I said, oh, let me put this one back. Let me find another one. One is not so precious. One I didn't want to destroy it. I did not want to shatter it. There are some things that have ran in our families for so long we don't want to shatter it, but that's when we got to use the big hammer anyway and shatter the pattern. I wish they had the stuff from, it was, you couldn't even, it was dust. Couldn't even put it back together. Again, are you listening to me? When everything, when all of these different things run in your family, sometimes it's poverty. Poverty running your family. Sometimes it's a disease running your family. Sometimes it's an addiction that runs in your family. You got to stop it in its tracks and run it away. All of us in here, all of us listening, we have predisposed patterns. They're, they're, we're, we're predisposed to things that were in our previous generations. I told you, inherently, we take things from the previous generation, and inherently, we give things to the next generation. Here's the deal. The more you yield to the pattern, the more you yield to it, then the stronger the bend. Thank you, Gabby. This was the cup. That, it's almost like dust. There's no way. This is, oh, let me take it out of the glass bag so maybe you can see it a little better. There's no way this can ever be put back together because we shattered that. Come on. We used the big hammer on it, and we shattered it. After service, I saw it was like a big piece left. It was a piece from like the, 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 cup, the handle of it. I said, let's shatter that too. I'm not leaving any of it to be put back together again. The more that you yield to the patterns that we've been predisposed to, the stronger that the bend becomes. The bend is a crooked. Now you're contorted in a way and you're distorted in a way. And I'm talking about your heart. Your heart becomes distorted and your heart becomes distorted, contorted and distorted and bent to a direction it was never meant to be bent. It was never meant to be bent that way, but because maybe a weakness, a character, maybe ignorance. We don't know how the patterns have come, but all we do know is that we're shattering them right now in this generation. Am I making faith 
to anybody because the more that you become contorted, the more you become distorted, the more you become weak, then your resolve lessens and you give demonic forces prominence to, to gain dominance by means of your mind, will, and your emotions. Marilyn Hickey said it this way, this is powerful. I couldn't improve upon it, so I'm just going to read it. It says one person, talking about your gene pool on your family tree, one person practices a certain sin until it becomes a lifestyle. Once entrenched, that sin becomes an iniquity, a weakness toward that certain behavior. Remember we talked about an iniquity. You did do that same so many times over and over and over to, to where now it's just a spontaneous response to it. It's almost like it bypasses your brain. It's a no-brainer. You automatically do it. So once entrenched, the sin becomes an iniquity, a weakness toward that certain behavior. Then that behavior is practiced over and over and over again, allowing Satan, our enemy, to gain control of the mind, the will, and the emotions. The control, that control will continue for that individual and consequently future generations becoming a generational curse. Now, it started as just missing the mark, but then it became a pattern that it was done over and over and over, so much so that, listen to me, and I really want you to take personal inventory when I say this, so much so that you almost believe wrong is right. You can do a thing that's off so long so you have no more conscience towards it. And you almost believe that wrong is right, and you begin to justify why you do it. Then the enemy grabs hold of your mind, your will, and your emotions, and it becomes entrenched. It becomes a part of who you are because you spontaneously been that way. So the next generation, they come in the world bent. They're already distorted and they're already contorted that way. Am I making faith to anybody? When I'm talking about bent, I don't necessarily mean your body bent. I mean your mind bent. I mean your heart. The heart to do right. The heart to please. God is bent and contorted and distorted towards God or towards pleasing God. Once upon a time, oh, Lord, I just want to please your heart. Then you'd be like, well, the Lord just going to have to forgive me. Some of y'all not going to say nothing in here. We're still talking about shatter the pattern. And here's the thing. We all know that we have a problem, and sometimes the problem almost seems like it's too big for you because it's heavy, because you already, every generation, it gets stronger. It builds momentum in every generation. So by the time that it got to you, that thing was hard. It was a hard pill to swallow. It was a hard thing to overcome, so much so that you begin to believe the lie of the devil that you can't overcome it. But the devil is a liar, and I'm here to announce to you that God has given you a promise that is bigger than your problem. Come on, come on, come on. Sometimes you have to look past the problem and see the problem. Remember the word of God said, for the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross. That was a whole lot of stuff going on. But he had to look beyond that to see the promise, to see. He saw you and I, right? He endured the cross. He, he went all the way with it, and he endured all of the suffering in order to get to the other side. Am I making faith to anybody? 
We have to, we spend so much time focusing and majoring on the problem and how big the problem is or how big the pattern is. You almost forgot that you got a promise. (laughs) You got a promise that is bigger than your pattern. You got a promise that is bigger than your problem. Um, Psalm number 37, 23 says, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Steps have reference to, I'm going to make steps. That's an advancement. Advancement. When the Lord orders my steps, I can advance. I don't have to stay stuck. I do not have to stay stuck in a rut. Am I making faith to anybody? Here's the deal. We inherit some stuff. But once you, you have to analyze and you've got to research, you've got to figure out where does this thing come from? When you see the promises in the word of God, the promises of prosperity, the promises of peace, the promises of soundness of mind, the promises of health and healing, and you're not experiencing them, there's never nothing wrong with the promise. Nothing. Nothing is ever wrong with the promise. There is a sin problem. That's when I go to God. God, what am I missing? I'm missing something. What is it in my gene pool? What is it in my family tree that went, went unrepented for so long? So now I repent for the sins of my forefathers, and I repent for it in my generation. Now I take the name of Jesus, and I take the blood of Jesus, I take the word of God, and I shatter the pattern now, and I'm right now free from that thing. Everything I do, I have to do by faith. Faith requires no sense realm evidence at all. So I don't have to feel anything. Now the good thing about it, sometimes I do feel something. But you have to know when I don't feel anything at all or when I feel contrary to what the word has promised me, I walk by faith and not by sight. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13 says, He who covers his sins will not prosper. If you're not prospering, you got to go back. Lord, what sins are being covered? Maybe it's sins of the forefathers, sins that came down upon me, sins that I inherited, because every generation it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Now, if I were to take a survey, we all can go back in our gene pools and we know stuff because you've heard enough stories from your family. Or maybe you don't know any stories from your family at all. You don't have that information. You could still shatter the pattern because it has to be something that's stopping my prosperity. It says, he who covers his sin will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them, will them he will have mercy. I thank God for mercy. I, I literally thank God for mercy. And his mercy endures forever from everlasting for everlasting he's God and he always pours out a truckload of his mercy upon us first John 1 9 I like to call this I've named this the believers best friend it says if we confess our sins he is faithful speaking about Jesus he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness this is when you got to be God walked up on me as a 19 year old college student he told me be honest with yourself and be honest with me. Woo, that was a tough pill to swallow. I'm going to tell you why. I didn't even realize I wasn't being honest with myself. I didn't realize I wasn't being honest with myself. 
And God walked up on me. He said, be honest with yourself and be honest with me. Then I found out he's faithful and just to forgive my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Second Chronicles, I'm reading a lot of scripture tonight because the word is what changes us. We can have an emotional release, and, and this is the thing. I, I don't want to see just the emotional release and then you still be bound with stuff. I'd rather see you free from stuff without ever clinching in, a, in your emotions because we can shout and dance later. Let's get the revelation so that we could apply this to our lives first, then we'll shout and dance later. Oftentimes we do so much shout when we don't even remember what the word said. Let's get the revelation of the word of God so our real lives can change forevermore. And oh, we're going to dance, 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 dance all night. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Ooh, I read... Um, I read Psalm 37, 20, 23, the steps of a good man in order of the Lord. We know this, but let me read it to you, the extended part from the King James. It's 23 to 25. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down. Isn't that good? He gives us the opportunity to have a second chance. He doesn't wipe us out at the first at the first slip, the first mess up, the first blunder. Isn't that good news? For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. The songwriter said, I've been young and now I'm old, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. I told you this thing is generational. Y'all better get a revelation in here. We've been born into cycles of of destructive behavior. We, all of us have been. Nobody's family is perfect. We have wonderful families. We don't have perfect families. So we've all been born into families with cycles and patterns and habits of destructive behavior. Some destructive behavior is you talk about everybody. You got something to say about everybody. Some destructive behavior is just mean and rude and just think you could say whatever you want to say. That's just how I am and all kind of all kind of crazy patterns like that. We all were born into cycles of destructive patterns and these patterns listen to me right here and we really got to get a revelation. These cycles or these intervals, or these circles, or these habits, or these patterns have to be shattered so they won't continue. Just because I don't like them don't mean that they are not going to continue. Come on, I'm sure you've seen things in the previous generation, and you said, I'll never do that to my kids, and you're doing the same thing. I'll never say that to my kids. I'll never... Just because you didn't like it doesn't mean it's going to change. If you do not shatter the pattern, it will continue. Come on. Think about your worst of your worst of your worst day. Do you want that multiplied many times over to your next generation? When you struggled through it and had the word on the matter to use the big hammer? 
and shatter the pattern. Come on. The song, one songwriter said it this way. He said, I was, um, how does it go? I was born in sin and shaping in iniquity. That wasn't talking about the, the sex act. It was talking about the generation. God created sex in the mirror union to be beautiful. Now, when you take it outside of the mirror unit, then you perverted it. So the songwriter wasn't talking about that. He said, I was born in sin and shaping in iniquity. This thing has come down to my generation. Stuff, and we can see it this way, it wasn't even fair. We, get, we inherited stuff. It wasn't fair that we inherited. And it's not fair for you to let it go down to the next generation. Come on, remember Achan, the, the, and I think he, the, the army was in battle. They were supposed to destroy everything. Everything burned everything up. But Achan saw some outfits. He's like, oh, that's bad. I'm going to say that. He got him some gold. He got him some little trinkets, little stuff. He said, nobody will ever know. He went and he hid it. And the whole army was defeated because God said destroy everything. You don't get to keep a souvenir. You don't get to keep a souvenir when God says shatter the pattern. Come on up in here. Then a whole army was defeated and God revealed to the leader, I believe it was Joshua, revealed to the leader that it's sin in the camp. We'll say it this way. It's sin in our gene pool. It's sin, sin in our family tree. It's sin in our household. So he had an opportunity. Achan had an opportunity to um, repent and, and confess. He hid it. So when it was revealed who stole the stuff, they said, go get that stuff. Get Achan, get his wife, get his kids, get his cattle, get his asses, get his oxen, get everything that he owned. And everything was stoned and burned up. Well, dang, what did his wife do? (laughs) What did his kids do? When we don't shatter the pattern, this is what we're giving to our next generation. It wasn't fair to them that they had to be burned up, but they were of that household that didn't shatter a pattern. Come on. If you go down through the Bible, we'll see the patterns all up in here that have to be destroyed. They have to be shattered. If we don't shatter the pattern, listen, if you don't shatter the pattern, who's going to do it? Come on, after you got this word, you still not going to shatter the pattern. Come on, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Remember, he's a predator. He's a stalker. He's like, yeah, she got too much word. Let me wait till her kids. Let me wait and attack her grandkids. Because I know it's a pattern of weakness. Come on, you saw my little grandkids up here. I don't want the enemy stalking Izzy. Because I was too selfish to shatter a pattern. I liked it. I liked it too much. Well, is he too? too. I just have to pray for it. That, that's wrong. And that is ungodly because that's not fair to my generations. And the generations after that is not fair. If I have enough word, I've been under the word. But I was too lazy, too lackadaisical, or too unwilling to shatter the pattern. You got to get a revelation that Jesus came to break the curse. 
He came to break every generational curse and to shatter every pattern that is holding you hostage. Jesus is the answer for every problem that we ever have. Here's the deal. You got to get in the word and find that, that solution through the word of God. I've given you probably 85 or 90% of it. You can't do the other 10%. I can't carry you on my hip. You've got to do it just like I've got to do it. So get a revelation of when the enemy comes and he begins to harass you and nag you and needle. Remember, he's going to pound, 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 pound. He see a little crack, he goes crazy pounding. He goes crazy and he will pound until he penetrates. His whole job is to chisel and to keep chiseling and chiseling away. And here's the deal. He doesn't mind. He's patient. He's way more patient than we are. He'll chisel for three generations. Because he knows eventually he will break through if you don't send him packing. If you don't rebuke the devil off of your family, he's going he's to keep coming back. Remember, he went to dry places, couldn't find rest. What did he do? He said, I'm going to go back to the same household. And when he came back and he said, the scripture said it was warm, empty, and inviting. He said, hey, y'all, he invited seven more wicked than himself. Seven more wicked than himself? He was one demon, was an expert on coming through the door. But now the door is bolted. So he brought seven more. One was an expert to get on the roof. One was an expert on how to get through the back door. One was an expert to get through the window. One knew how to go dig under the seven more wicked and seven more persistent than him. He went back according to scripture to the same household. We got to shatter patterns up in here today and you got to understand that you have a promise that's way bigger in your problem. Let's get a revelation. When the enemy comes back and he's pounding and he's chilling in his way, you got to remind the devil. Remember I said we got to renounce, we got to denounce, and we got to announce. You got to remind him by means of renouncing, denouncing, and announcing that Jesus already came to set you free from every cycle, every habit, and every pattern. I said Jesus came to set you free. Whom the Son set free is free indeed. Get a revelation. Really hear me right here. There is no pattern that can stand against the Word of God. There's no pattern that's stronger than the Word of God. Get a revelation. I don't, I don't know what your pattern is, and I know the pattern is a nagging, a, 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 a pest, a, an annoyance. I understand it. It's not bigger than the word God. It's not stronger than God's word. It's not stronger than Jesus the Savior. Do you think your pattern is stronger than Jesus the Savior of the whole world? Your pattern is not stronger than the name that is above every name. Your pattern is not stronger than the Holy Spirit that will lead and guide you into all truth, be a comforter, an advocate, a teacher, a helper, a counselor, an intercessor, and a standby, and leave you in a pattern that can't be shattered. The devil is alive. Are you listening to me? Remember, the enemy is like a warren lion. He ain't no lion. All 
all he can do is gum you to death if you stand still and let him. Remind the devil about the blood of Jesus, the healing, cleansing blood that goes to the highest mountain down to the lowest valley, the blood that gives you strength, the blood that gives you strength, the blood that gives you strength from day to day. It will never, never, hallelujah, lose its power. There's no pattern that can stand against that. None. I said there's no pattern that can stand against the word of God, stand against the name of Jesus, stand against the man of Jesus, stand against the Holy Ghost, stand against the blood of Jesus. No pattern ever is that strong. You've got to discover the truth through the word of God. In that word. You kind of get in the word and discover the truth in the word of God. Then you have to apply the truth. You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. So don't just be a hearer of the word. We read it earlier. I think in the um, Passion Translation, James 1 and 22, we read it. I'm giving you scriptural references for it. Don't just be a hearer of the word. When you're just a hearer only and not a doer, the book said you deceived yourself. Now you deceived into thinking that the pattern, the pattern is bigger than the promise. And that's a lie from the devil. Come on, we learned about the, the big hammer. The big hammer will shatter the patterns. We read the scripture about the axe. You've got to put the axe to the root of the matter. There are roots in your family tree, your roots. You've got to put that. It stops at this generation. And then we've got the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Are you listening to me? I'm closing right here. So this is what we do. We're going to pray. Because every day we pray. Every day God answers. So in your prayer, you're gonna, you call out the pattern. You know what it is. And this is where you have to be honest with yourself and honest with God. If it's a pattern of perversion, I've been in perversion. There are patterns in, the, in, this, in this country that you just inherently adapt to because they pop, propagate it on TV all the time and make it seem like it's okay and, and on Instagram and things like that. Whatever the situation is, if it's perversion, is it is stealing? Is it lying? Is it overeating? Is it an anger issue? Whatever it is, ask the Lord to forgive you. Here's the deal. Maybe we saw some things in our mamas and our daddies. Maybe they didn't have the strength of character to ask for forgiveness. That's where you stand in the gap. You ask the Lord to forgive them and ask the Lord to forgive me. And here it goes. I'm going to say it like this so it can rhyme and y'all can get it. Forgive them, forgive me, and cleanse my family tree. Forgive them, forgive me, and cleanse my family tree. Forgive them, forgive me, and cleanse my family tree. Come on, forgive them. Forgive me and cleanse my family tree. We do this in the name of Jesus Christ and by his blood. Now, let me say this. I'm, I'm borrowing just a few minutes. 
because I told you the title was The Promise is Bigger Than My Problem. We got problems. We all got them. We got patterns. We got stuff that got to be shattered. I've given you some revelation today. Now I want to remind you of some of the promises. Because sometimes the problem or the pattern is so nagging and it's such a distraction, it distracted us from what the promise really was. Remember we came into this year and we said my vision, my blueprint, my year. God was going to give us greater and better. He was going to do suddenlies and immediately's. He was going to astonish us. He was going to take uh, unrelenting faith and strength of character, strength of moral character in order to do it. And when the enemy comes up against us, asking us, who you think you are? Our answer is, I am. I am means I am what God created me to be. I am healed. I'm whole. I'm prosperous. I'm free. I'm worry-free. I'm panic-free. I'm anxiety-free. Whatever the situation, I am. When, listen to me right here. God, I'm about to say a thing right here. Grab this. Whenever, because you're created in God's image and God's likeness. So whenever you say, I am, and whatever you say after it, you have so much creative force and ability that per- proceeds out of your mouth, it immediately goes into action. So when you say, I am wealthy and healthy and whole, at the speed of light, but when you say, I'm stupid, I'm ugly, I'm this, it still goes at the speed of light because you have what you say. Come on, I just needed to remind you that. Now let me read you some promises. I'm going to just, just I'm gonna go through them quick. But I'm reading these promises because I needed to remind you that the promise is bigger than the problem. God gives us promises. He promises to you strength to the weary, Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. He gives you a promise for healing. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions or our trespasses. He was bruised for our iniquities, those things that we did so when we were naturally spontaneously bent. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5. God promised to give you rest. Remember, the promise is greater than the problem. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. God promised that the devil will flee from you when you submit and resist. James chapter 4, verse 7. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He promises you forgiveness. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Forgive them, forgive me, and cleanse my family tree. He promised to give you freedom. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. John chapter 8, verse 36, he promises to meet your needs according to Philippians 4 and 19. And my God shall, that means no ifs, ands, or buts about it, my God shall supply all 
all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God promises to give you perfect peace and keep you in perfect peace. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. He promises to help you. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He promises to be with you. I like this. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Woo! He promises to fight for you. Exodus chapter 14, verse 14, says the Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. He promises that no weapon formed against you will prosper. It says in Isaiah 54, verse 17 in the Good News translation, but no weapon will be able to hurt you. <laughs> no weapon will be able to hurt you. You will have an answer for all who accuse you. I will defend my servants and give them victory. The Lord has spoken. Good God Almighty. And then I'll go back to the healing one because this is healing in your mind, healing in your relationships, healing in your pocketbook, healing in your body, healing in any area that you need healing in. Isaiah 53 again in verse 4 and 5. Surely, show enough, no if, answer, buts about it. He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression, and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Today I talk to you about your promise is bigger than your problem. I went through some scriptures for you. And guess what I did? I thought of ones that I wanted to, and I couldn't pull up the, the scripture references really quickly. So I went to BibleStudyTools.com. You Google everything else. Go to BibleStudyTools.com. So whatever that pattern is, whatever that problem is, Google it and find the scriptures on it. Because you've got to discover the scriptures, then you have to apply the scriptures. And when do you do that? Now, because faith is always now. If the patterns are going to be destroyed, they're going to be destroyed in my generation. We're going to ask God to forgive them, forgive me, and cleanse my family tree. I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church. We're a family.